0: Well, I want to welcome everyone here at the Little Creek campus, our South Shore campus, our Gulf Coast campus. I want to welcome everyone at the Orleans Justice Center and St. Timothy Parish Jail to church today. Why don't we go ahead and welcome each other? This morning, great to be together in the house of God. Well, this morning, you are in for a real treat. If you've been here at Church of the King for uh, more than three years, then you know the man who is standing behind me is a very special part of our family. Uh, Pastor Jason Robinson, all the way from Katy, Texas. Uh, a back from Katy, Texas, I should say. And uh, Pastor Jason. Was our youth pastor for 15 years, has been uh, connected and friends with Pastor Steve, working together with Pastor Steve for over 20 years, and uh, he and his wife left in, uh, three years ago in 2016 to launch Church of the King, Katie, and they are blowing and going, operating out of a, uh, a junior high cafetorium and just doing awesome, but they secured a building they're going to be moving into later this year, and we are expecting great things. So I want you guys to welcome back Pastor Jason Robinson to give the word this morning. Come on, man, I got
1: Wow, wow, wow. Well, what a treat to be back, to be back to the land flowing of gumbo and crawfish etouffee and beignets and king cake. Can somebody say amen in the house of Jesus? I'm so pumped to be with you guys again. Jason Robinson is my name. I got a quick question. I'm just curious, how many of you You've been coming to Church of the King it, just since the last three years. You have you just started coming in the last three years. Would you raise your hand if, if that's you? Okay, well, wow, awesome. Well, well, hey, it's nice to meet you. My name's Jason Robinson, youth pastor here for 15 years. That's a long time, you know? Long time to be a youth pastor, man. Uh, so excited about hearing what God's doing in the student ministry at Limitless here and all our other campuses. Man, just amazing things uh, that are going on. Uh, my wife and I are real pumped to, to, to be here. and. And so grateful for our pastor, Pastor Steve and, and Jennifer. Been our pastors for over 20 years, and I wanna tell you this because it is very easy, and let me just tell you, it's very easy to take for granted the gift that God puts right in front of you because you get to see it all the time. But let me tell you something. You have one of the sharpest, smartest, greatest leaders, but greatest men and women of God that love you and love people with all their hearts with your pastor, Pastor Steve and Jennifer. It really is true, trust me, trust me. And so, this, let me tell you what, what, what's gonna happen, okay, at some point, okay? Pastor Steve's gonna probably get up in the next week or two and he's gonna be, hey, did you guys enjoy Pastor Jason Robinson, okay? At that point, you scream and holler, okay? Then after that, uh, he'll say, you know, Pastor Jay, and he'll say the story, my name's Jason Robinson, Pastor Steve Robinson have the same last name, but we're not related, okay? And Pastor Steve loves this story. He always shares it, so I'm gonna expose it right here, okay? And so this is what he says. He goes, he goes you know, people once before their story and the lady said, I, I see you're one of those church that does nepotism, you know, you hire your relatives. And he loves to share this story and says, you, you hired, see, Jason Robinson. And Pastor Steve will say, have you seen Pastor Jason Robinson? And at that point, he says this he's part Egyptian, part, you know, part Iranian, part Mexican, part all that. That's not, I'm Italian, okay? I'm Italian. There it is. The record has been set straight, all right? No, man, I'm excited, man. If you have your Bible, open up to Genesis chapter 11. Uh, We're gonna read verses just 31. 32 in just a moment, Uh, at the beginning of the year, I began to pray about what God would have for for our church there in in Katy, which is part of Houston, Texas, and a word came to me, the word beyond, and the word beyond in in Ephesians 3.20, for he who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond all we could ask, think, or imagine, and then I saw you guys are doing a beyond series. Y'all doing a beyond campaign. And I just got to tell y'all this, only crazy people do four campaigns all at the same time. But you guys, man, I mean, y'all are going for me. One thing I love about my church that I come from, I love about my pastor, you know, and hey, don't get comfortable in too much because they want to continue to take ground, reach people, build lives. And you know what I really believe? I believe beyond really isn't going beyond. Beyond and believing to go beyond is really just possessing the things God's always had for you the whole time. And that's what God's doing here. It's it's for you to possess. So let's jump into Genesis chapter 11 at verse 31 and 32. One day, Terah took his son, Abram. Now, Abram would eventually be Abraham. And here is Terah, so the story is not so much about Abraham, if you've been around church, you've read your Bible, you've heard a lot about Abraham, he's the father of the faith, all of that. But this story is more tied towards his father, Terah. So here's Terah, one day Terah took his son Abram and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his his, uh, son, Abram's wife, excuse me, and his grandson, Lot, his son, Haran's child, and moved away from the Earl of Chaldeans. He was headed to the land of Canaan. He was headed to the land of Canaan. The plan was to go to Canaan. The intentions was to go to Canaan. Hey, he was set out to go towards Canaan. Have y'all picked up yet that he was headed towards Canaan? All right, y'all got it. All right, got it. Headed towards Canaan. Canaan helps represent the promises of God. Canaan is the land flowing with milk and honey. We see later on the children of Israel cross over the Jordan to get into Canaan. So Canaan is the, it's the blessing. It's the place that you are meant to be. It's the place that, that God has promised to us and promised to them. He was heading for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. They stopped at Haran and settled there. I have just a simple message for you today for for all of our our people. I'm just so excited about everybody else we have, all the different campuses from our Gulf Coast campus, our South Shore campus, all the men and women in the prisons. Man, we're so excited to have you with us. So I'm gonna ask you, and then all of us in here, just a simple message uh, is don't stop and don't settle. Don't stop. And don't settle. Matter of fact, why don't, you, why don't you look at the person next to you and I want you to look at them real, real, right in the eyes, real loud and strong, and say, Don't stop and don't settle. All right, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Now look at the other person that you didn't really want to talk to that much. <laughs> and they really need this more than the first person. You just felt more comfortable with the first person. All right, and so now I want you to say, Loud and strong, don't stop and don't settle. And don't touch me either. All right, just just throw that in there, while we're at it, all at the same time. I I I remember years ago when I first became student pastor here. When I first became the student pastor, we took some some students to go snow skiing. You know, so I'm from Southern Louisiana. I'm from around here, and and like we you know when it snows, everybody goes inside, right? I mean, you don't drive in snow around here because we don't know what we're doing. If you're from the north and you've moved down here and it snows, I would suggest you don't drive either. Why? Because we don't know what we're doing and we're going to hit you, okay? So (laughs) we don't know what we're doing. So we go to to West Virginia. I took 28 students there. And so we get there and and we did this whole package deal. We get there and about 20, we get there for, for lessons at the very beginning. And they had 26 lessons. But there was 28 of us, and we forgot to pay for two. And so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be a good leader here. You know, I'm just gonna let let everybody else do it, me, and I'm gonna get one other leader to, to, to not take the lesson with me. They said, oh, it's only it's only about 30 more dollars if you want the the lesson, sir. I'm like, no, we don't we don't. I don't need no lessons. I've seen snow twice. I don't need lessons. And so I said, well, sir, do you want to snowboard or do you want to snow ski? I said, well, of course, I want to snowboard because the cool looking people snowboard. And obviously, I must be one of them. You know, this is years ago. God's helped me a lot throughout the years. <laughs> and so I talked to the other leader with a snowboard and we walk up this mountain. We get to the top of the mountain. We put on these snowboards. Remember, I've seen snow twice. And once it didn't even stay on the ground around here, you know? And so I jump on this snowboard, I get going, and within a couple seconds, I realize I'm in trouble. I don't know what I'm doing here. It was a, you ever do something that, it was a really good idea at first. Then i and so I start to go down, and I watched, as I was going up the gondola, others, I saw how they would turn, and, and it looked so cool, and I thought, well, I'll just do that. I'll just turn real hard like that. And so sure enough, as soon as I turned as hard as I could, it threw me back. I hit my head on the ground, bit my tongue. I'm now bleeding. I can't see anything. The guy that came with me, I'm like, I didn't think three of you came up with me. No, Pastor Jay, it's just one. All right, it's just one. Man, I kind of shake off the cobwebs a little bit. I jump back up, and I I say, okay, I got to get down. So I start to go, and I start to slowly slide towards a cliff. I'm not talking like a little cliff, you know, a little funny movie. <laughs> like, ah, like, oh, there's no Pastor Jay anymore cliff. <laughs> so I go all the way to the edge. My legs fall over on the side of the cliff right there. I'm clawing the snow to so I, I don't fall. And here's the worst part after the whole thing. I look up and I only made it about 15 feet from when I started. <laughs> At this point, the guy that came with me, he grabbed his snowboard, he's like, man, I'm out. And he starts walking down. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting to the bottom of this hill here. And so I, I, I finally just jump over there, and I start going. And y'all, I'm just flying. I'm not turning, I'm just flying. I'm yelling, I'm, I'm get out the way. seen you no know twice. You know, I'm just going through the whole thing, people. And I ran all the way into, and they had this, they had this netting around the poles for the gondola that are supposed to be there to help you not die, okay? And so I'm going down there and I just throw myself into the net. I hit the side. All of a sudden, all the security people come up to me, sir, are you all right, sir? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. I get up, I limp to the the little cafeteria they have there and I got some hot chocolate and I was out, y'all. I was done, that was it. They were like, Pastor Jay, you're coming? I'm like, no, this hot chocolate good right in here. I'm done, I'm stopping, it's over, I'm done. Even though that's a funny story, physically, I think some of us with our, our walk with Christ in our own spirit life, spiritual life, or maybe just the challenges of life, we hit some tumbles. We hit some things we didn't expect. And it causes us to say, hey, I understand there's this adventure in life and there's these things God has for me, but I'm gonna hang out here and sip on the, and just sip on the hot chocolate. I think I'm done. I think I'm gonna stop. I think I'm going to settle. You know what I think happens? I think many people are tempted to stop. But the truth really is this, I think for most people who've been walking with Christ for any amount of time, that the major temptation is not just to stop. Won't, you, I'm not gonna quit believing in God. I'm not gonna do any of that. But you know what? I'm just gonna settle. You know what I'm gonna do? I realize things have gotten a little tough. I'm gonna I'm sign a treaty with the devil about my destiny. I'm gonna just sign a treaty. And how about this? I won't go any further that way as long as you don't come any further this way. And I'm just gonna hang right Here, I'm going to settle. That's what Tara did. That's what Tara did. He was intended the whole time to get to Canaan. The whole time, his his, his promises, where he was heading, he was going, was somewhere, and he stopped. See, Pastor, I'm committed to coming to church. I'm committed to showing up on Sunday, you know. Hey, but look, I'm going to stop right there. I'm just going to settle right here. I'm not going to get involved in a small group. You know, I, I'm in a small group right now, but I, I, you know, I'm gonna settle right here. Don't ask me to lead a group. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna serve. I'm not gonna send my kids to, to, to youth. I'm not gonna do these different things. I'm just gonna settle right right here. My goal today is simple. I wanna provoke you. I came here just to, to man, fire you up, to get back in the game, to not stop on your destiny, not settle with your life, but be in, and pursue everything God has for you. See, when I was a youth pastor, youth pastor 20 years, 15 years here, I used to look at students and students would tell me like their dreams. They would say things like, Pastor, man, I believe God spoke this to me and I have all these dreams and these goals and these visions. God wants to use me in this way and that way. It's amazing. And I would look at them and I would say, I love your dreams. Now I need to see your work. Come on, and every parent in the house of God said, okay, South Shore, they said amen a little louder than y'all, but it's cool. I see your dreams. Your dreams are wonderful. Now, go get a job and work. For the years I've been working and ministering to adults and pastoring adults, you know what I find myself saying? I see your work. I see you working hard. Where's your dreams? Where's Canaan for you? Where's it at? What stopped you? What settled you in Haran when you were never destined, never built, God never put in you to live in Haran? Haran was the place you were just supposed to pass through on your way to Canaan. What, what, what happened? Life has a way of getting us to stop and to settle. You know, when I get to heaven one day, I, 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 and we get to heaven, I, I want to ask some questions of the people we've read about and heard about in the Bible. I mean, isn't that going to be cool? We're actually going to get to do that one day. I've got to ask David. David, dude, seriously. Like, when you were in front of Goliath, j- just be honest. I mean, the Bible makes you look like, you know, thus saith the Lord. And, I mean, you had, to be, you had to be nervous a little. Come on, seriously, tell me. I mean, if Mike Tyson at eight foot six was in front of me, I'd be like, Jesus, I'm coming. All right, here we go, Lord, we're coming. (laughs) I mean, I'd wanna ask the disciples, disciples, hey, hey, what's some of the the miracles that that we didn't get to read about? Tell me about those. When you were behind closed doors, what did Jesus say to you? I have this one that I can just imagine this long line waiting to meet someone that we've all read know about in Scripture. And I I can almost see me coming and say, hey, is is this the line to... To, to Jesus. That's what it looks like. They say, no, nah, no, nah, this is the line to Adam and Eve. We're all standing in line to slap both of them, and say you messed this whole thing up. You ate the fruit and you watched her eat it. Next. Come on, anybody getting in that line? Anybody want a little piece? All right. Leave Brother Adam alone. Sister Eve, leave him alone. I wanna ask Tara. I'm curious, why'd you stop? Why'd you stop when that was never your destination? Maybe what got him to stop are some temptations that get us to wanna stop and settle as well. This is important, I believe it's in your notes. It says, in times of transition and trouble, we are presented the option to stop and to settle. When there's times of transition in your life and times of trouble in your life, you're tempted, it's a moment where you can just say, this is too difficult, this is, I'm gonna stop right here, I'm gonna settle right here. What's some of the things that make us settle and stop? Now, this isn't an exhaustive list at all, but these are a few things I just wrote down. Maybe, maybe disappointment has got you to, to settle. Maybe disappointment is one of those things that has made you stop. Pastor, I really thought it would be like this. Pastor, when I graduated from college, I thought they would be lining up to wanna hire me. All the schools were like, come on in, come on in. Now they're like, give me the rest of your money, give me the rest of your money. I don't know, what's, that's what I thought it would be. Pastor, I, I, I'm disappointed because I raised my kids the right way. And, and what they're doing right now, it's, it's a disappointment. I'm just gonna stop right here. I expected God to come through. I've submitted everything to him. I didn't expect this or this diagnosis, or this challenge, or this thing that came. It's disappointing. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1:12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. He appointed me to serve him. Remember this, that God does not disappoint, God appoints. Well, my situation is not good. If your situation is not good, then God's not done. Because God works all things together for your good. It doesn't mean all things are good, but he works them out for your good. So if it's not good yet, hold on, keep going. Don't stop and Haran. keep walking towards towards Canaan. Maybe, Maybe it's disappointment, maybe it's discouragement. Encouragement means to put courage in. Discouragement means taking courage out. Man, don't take that next step. It's not gonna work. You remember the last time you took a step out, you remember what happened? Discouragement. Or I don't think I have what it takes, man. I know my, I know my faults. I know the things I struggle with. I'm not really sure. Maybe this is gonna take a lot longer than I thought it was, and it's discouraging. Maybe, maybe he stopped. Maybe he got along the road and he was like, you know what, we're on our way to Canaan, but you know, this is further than I thought. This is more work than I thought. This costs more than I thought. We're gonna hang, how about we just settle right Right here, maybe, maybe he's just tired, maybe just tired. I got I, a I question, how, how many parents of younger kids do we have in here, you raise your hand? Anyone, all our campuses and stuff, okay, all right. All right. You're tired, aren't you? You're tired. Hey, you know, I wanna do this, guys, on the back, let me show you real quick, I didn't get a chance to do this earlier, I wanna show a picture of my family real quick, so I know I'm, I'm, I'm shifting on you guys real back. This, this is my crew, for you guys that, that known us, you, 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 I wanna introduce for the ones who do not, so my wife is here with me here, and this is my oldest daughter. She's in college right now. Her name's Mia, and uh, she's just amazing. She's awesome, she's a leader. This is my son, Trent. He's the man, and he knows he's the man, but it's awesome, it's good. This is Ella, this is uh, what, my 14-year-old girl, and this is Elise, she's 11. This is the girl that was born to take all dad's money, all right, that's, that's what she does, you know? I remember when we had our kids, y'all can take that out, guys, thank you. When we first had our children, uh, man, they were young and we were run all time, and we were just tired. I remember just telling my wife, you know, we've been tired, my daughter's 19, we've been tired for 19 years, you know, come on, so anybody know what I'm talking about. My life has been reduced to I'm a Uber driver and an ATM machine, that's what I am, all right. Dad, I need money and bring me somewhere. Can anybody say amen to that? They understand what I'm, somebody feel my pain, all right. Maybe it's not that much tired, but maybe you knew what it took to get here, and now you're wondering if you have the strength to get there, and it's made you stop. It's made you settle. Maybe, maybe someone threw you off. Maybe somebody said something, offended you. Maybe someone even in a prominent position said something, threw you off, and maybe it's offended you, and you expected more. Galatians 5, 7 says this. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? to keep you from obeying the truth. Maybe, maybe someone cut it in you, or maybe just pain, just hurt, challenges, the difficulty of life. It, this hurt me, and I will never let that happen again. There's two types of people in this world. There are people who've been hurt. Then there's people who've been hurt more. But we've all been hurt here. Right, Pastor, I get it. I, I get it, Pastor, okay? I don't wanna stop in Haran. I don't want to stop short of everything God has for me. I want to go beyond, I want, I want to believe for more, I want to expect more, I want God to move on our behalf. This is what I want, so, so how do I do that? How do we do that? Well, I want to look, look in Matthew, Matthew chapter four, at a few men, I want to look at a story of these men that were just in, going through normal, normal routine of life going through the normal routine of things, and maybe that's you, you've gotten stuck in the normal routine of things, and you settled, settled in, in Haran. This, we, we look at the disciples. A, a couple of these men were fishermen. We see some of the disciples, a, a tax collector. We see one of the disciples, a zealot, which basically was, was an anarchist, was, was working with the political system to overthrow the Roman government, we know a thief was there, all the, just going about that. And I wanna pick one story, the fishermen, on how they were just going about life. They were just settling in on what their family trade was and how do we get out of, how do you, how do I get out of stopping and settling? How do we move forward when we wanna stop them? So here we are, verse, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. In my next few moments, I just wanna share a couple steps on what we need to do, what we can do. Maybe you've been in a world where you stopped and you settled. Man, I wanna provoke you to get back up, get back in the race, and fight for everything God has for you. You know what I want God to say about us? I'd love for all of us to get to heaven and God say, i tell you what, you sure believe for a whole lot. Then to get to heaven and God said, I had all this stuff for you, why didn't you believe? My life verse is real simple. There's a verse about David and it says this, and David did all he was called to do for his generation and then he passed. Man, my tombstone, I want it to say one of two things. I want it to say, Jason did all he was called to do for his generation, then he passed, or it's gonna say, well, he tried. <laughs> he tried. Let it be said of us so that we don't stop, we don't settle. First thing that we see here we gotta do, we, we have to see what Jesus sees, to get a fresh perspective of what Jesus sees about your life, about your marriage. Maybe you see your marriage as a wreck, Jesus sees it as a moment for a miracle. Maybe you see your finances as lacking, but Jesus can take even the little bit and multiply it. It's the difference between what we see and he sees. See, the disciples saw themselves as men who fished for fish, but Jesus always saw men who were going to fish for men. That's what he saw. You may see your future as settled. This is just what it is. It's settled, it's done, I've stopped because of my mistakes, because of things I've done. This is what it is. This is all it's ever going to be. You see it as settled. Jesus sees it as just getting started. You may see obstacles where Jesus sees opportunities. It's what you see. It's the filter on how you see life. It's the filter. Do we have a filter of faith? Do we have a filter of expectation and hope, or do we have a filter of, if anything bad's gonna happen, it's gonna happen to me? Makes me think of a story talking about filters. I mean, when I, first, uh, when I first became youth pastor here, now, this is a beautiful building. I love, love this place. Even coming back, my wife and I worshiping. We're just like, you guys are spoiled. Okay, I'm just telling you, all right? And so coming, it's beautiful. Before this, there's another building on the property here at the Little Creek campus, uh, that's the Annex, that we call it the Annex. So that's where the church was for many, many, many years there. I, I remember when we first moved in here, it was awesome, and I remember when we first moved into that, but even before that building, there was this little storefront that we, that we called, oh, it just slipped my mind. Harry Lemons Road, it was on Harry Lemons Road. And so I remember we were in position where we were moving from Harry Lemons Road into the annex that's here at Little Creek Campus. And so we kept having youth, because I was a youth pastor, at uh, Harry Lemons Road. Man, we had hundreds and hundreds of students. It was just like cockroaches all over the place. It was awesome, you know? <laughs> it was just amazing. And so the church had moved out into the annex, and we were still in Harry Lemons. I get a call from one of the accountants here at the church and said, Pastor Jason, can you just kind of check Things around the building over there because we've noticed the bill for the electric bill ha- has gone up since y'all have been in there. And I'm okay, sure. So I just go look at the air conditioned stuff, and, and, and a month goes by, and they said, Pastor, are you sure everything's okay? It's actually gone up even more. And I'm like, I, I think we, we've done all I, I know to do. I said, Maybe it's just teenagers, you know, we can let off more heat or something. I don't know. And they said, The next month goes by. Pastor, at this point, you gotta figure something out, Pastor Jay, It is doubled, okay? It is getting more and more, and so I start looking around to see what's going on, I say, okay, well, I gotta figure out what's going on here. I'm looking around, I go, and all of a sudden, I see the return air. The return air had the filter in like this, and it had so, m- I'm so embarrassed, I'm like, I'm like a grown man, and I didn't even think to look for this thing. So much dirt had gotten, it was on, the, this poor system was, getting every little bit of life it possibly could. And it was like bending it, and it was And I was like, oh no. I gotta get, to... I had to grip, I had to grab the filter and pull it, and I ripped it out, and as soon as I ripped it out, it was like The next month, they were like, man, the, the, the bill's back to normal, Pastor. Did y'all do anything? I'm like, oh, you know, we prayed. I don't want to tell nobody. (laughs) I think what happens in life is we get so much dirt thrown at us. We get so much dust, dust of discouragement, dirt of disappointment can get in the filter of our life that the very thing that God wants us to see, we begin to lose because we have the wrong filter in front of us. Some of you, you have the wrong filter of yourself. Pastor Jay, I've messed up. If I told you some of the things, I'm embarrassed and shameful to tell you of the things that I've done. If I told you, I'm telling you, you wouldn't even wanna talk to me anymore and, 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 and I've asked God to forgive me, but I'm still struggling with those things. You know what God says? God says, God's so awesome. Not only does he forgive, but the Bible says he takes those, the sea, he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, all of our sin who we thought we were, and he doesn't see me. God doesn't see me because of me. His son Jesus came and died on the cross, that his blood covers me, that when God sees me, he sees holiness and righteousness, not because I'm holy and righteous, but because God, Jesus is holy and righteous, and he lives inside of me, and he can live inside of you. That's what he sees, the filter. Some of you need to rip that filter out. Rip that filter, because you, can, you can't get to Canaan if you can't see Canaan. You can't see what's ahead of you if all you're looking at is what's in front of you. We gotta rip that, that filter out. Second thing we see that happens is, is, is they dropped their nets. When Jesus called them forth, they immediately dropped their nets. Their nets, their nets represented their livelihood. It's what brought them security, it's, it's what they knew, and I wanna simply ask you, what is your net? What is that thing that maybe, maybe you stopped on the way to Canaan and you had these? Now you have excuses. Now you have these things that, that you've changed. Now you have these things that have disqualified me, Pastor. Let me just warn you don't disqualify what God in His power has qualified. Don't do it. Don't do it. What are your nets? What are some of the, those excuses? What are those unmet expectations that it's finally time, man? Drop those nets. Drop those unmet expectations, drop those disappointments, drop those things, because all they're doing is keeping you in Haran when you were designed and built to go to Canaan, to go to Canaan. Let me tell you what my nets were. My nets were guilt and shame. See, I don't have this horrific story. I don't have this story of all these crazy things. And stuff. Matter of fact, I have quite the opposite. I grew up in church. Now, I grew up in church, I didn't just grow up in church, I grew up in church, I grew up in old school church. Anybody in here know anything about old school church? No, it's like, are we going to Sunday morning? That is not the question, if you're going Sunday morning. It's like, are we going Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any other meetings that are going on in between, and any, any, if there was any type of revivals, that's Monday night, that's Tuesday night, that's Wednesday night. And if you're any form of leadership whatsoever, you have to show up an hour early, okay? If you're a leader over the leaders, you show up two hours early. So I lived in church. I have a PhD in church. I do. I understand what's going on. I know when sister so-and-so was gonna say what. I knew how it worked, all that stuff. But because of that, I always felt like I should know better. So when I made a mistake, I should know better. And when I messed up, I never felt like I could measure up because I wasn't the person who didn't know anything. I was the opposite. I was the guy who knew all the stuff you were supposed to know and still struggled. It wasn't until I learned that I can't figure it all out. I can't get it all right. If I was able to get it all right, then Jesus wouldn't have had to come. Jesus came because he knew we couldn't figure it out on our own, and he came and he died for us. But I remember I would carry this shame and this guilt. And I remember this one vivid story. I was at a youth camp, and I was, I was young, probably my young 20s, and I'm preaching at this youth camp, and I'm standing on the side of the stage, and the guy's getting up there, the youth pastor that, that brought me in to, to, to preach about, about, about to introduce me. Because before I introduce pastor, I, I, wanna, I wanna share this story, and he shared this story of, I want you to just imagine where you are right now. All of a sudden, it's like the earth just, just drops, and you're in the middle of just nothingness. So I'm over the side, I'm getting ready, and I'm starting to picture this story. And so now, there's nothingness, you can't see anything. Then all of a sudden, you see a light, and it starts walking towards you, and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. At this moment, I'm standing on the side, I'm getting ready for the message, so I'm kind of thinking about the message, but. I'm listening at the same time. He said, then you you see it's Jesus who walks up to you, comes face to face with you. Then he paused and he stopped and he said, in that moment, what does he say to you? And here I was, I just gave you the backstory of how I grew up, how I thought through things. And I stood there and I was so frustrated. As I stood there, I saw Jesus in my own mind's eye. I said, Jason, I'm so disappointed in you. That's what I had heard. That was my net. That was the thing that was keeping me in Haran. And I, I'm on the side, I'm the guest speaker. I fall on the ground. I'm like, oh gosh. He goes, this is the lie that God wants to expose tonight to all of you teenagers. I'm like, teenagers, I'm over here crying. <laughs> and then right in the middle of that he goes, and right now I want to introduce Pastor Jay, I'm a mess. I'm like, man, sing a song or something. I need a moment. (laughs) And God lifted that guilt and that shame, man, so that could run all the way to Canaan. So we got to see what God, what Jesus sees, drop our nets, and finally follow him. I'll end with this. Follow him. Jesus says, come, follow me. Come, follow me. When you mess up, Jesus says, come, follow me. When Jesus says, hey, I have great things for you, it's in Canaan. Don't stop, and don't settle. Keep coming. You know, Peter messed up. He said, hey, he restored him back in, hey, come on, let's keep going, Peter. Come, follow me. God has amazing things for you. I'll end with this this story. Going all the way back to the first scripture we read, one day, Terah, the father of Abraham, was heading out to Canaan and he stopped in Haran. Because see, following Jesus, we're not guaranteed. We don't know exactly where it's gonna lead us to, but if you follow Jesus, you'll be safer, more blessed, and you'll be more full of power right there than you will be anywhere else. I remember five years ago, five years ago, I had been feeling a stirring for years. I knew God had something else for my wife and I and our family. Love being a youth pastor. In my world, I was gonna be the oldest youth, youth pastor in the history of the world. I was fine with it, too. I loved it, I loved every minute. I still love teenagers. I tell our, our church, even now, I'm like, look, there's still a little youth pastor in here, and he's never going away. Okay, I love it, I love it. But I felt God stirring. And I remember I was telling my wife, I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. She said, you need to call Pastor Steve, let him know about it. I said, I know, I know, I know. And I'll never forget, it was a Tuesday night, and I called, so this is about five years ago now. I called Pastor Steve. And, and we start talking. I said, Pastor Steve, I can't explain it. I did a horrible job of explaining it. I'm like, God's doing something to me. I don't know what it is. I, I never thought there would be anything other than student ministry, but I know there's something else. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know how it's going to work, but I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I'll never forget my pastor, your pastor, still my pastor, says, said this. He goes, Jason, it's about time. <laughs> my goodness. We've known forever, you're gonna lead, go out, you're gonna go plant a church, and I want you to know, you serve faithful, we're gonna be behind you, we're gonna pray for you, we're gonna get you all the resources you need. Man, we're so pumped about the church you're going to start, and this is what I said. I said, who said anything about starting a church? I just felt <laughs> disturbed. I ain't say nothing about starting no church. Uh-uh. Hold up a minute. We start talking through it, and this is the thing that gripped me. I knew God was calling us to start a church. I knew that was our next Canaan. I knew it. Pastor Steve said this. He said, Jason, you can work here as long as you want. We'll find a place for you. We'll do it if that's what you wanna do. Jason, what do you wanna do? And I'll never forget this conversation. I say this conversation because you guys were a part of all this. Y'all sent us. And I remember saying, Pastor Steve, If I don't go for it, I'll live the rest of my life regretting. And no matter what, you could have me in the the greatest role possible, I'll constantly say, I wonder what would have happened if we would have went and planted that church. And just like you see right here, with Tara and Abram, this is what broke me. I was on the phone with Pastor Steve and I was starting to cry. I said, Pastor Steve, I gotta do this. I gotta go for it. We went to Katy, Texas, didn't know anybody, just showed up. And I said, Pastor Steve, I gotta go for this, not just for, for me, not just because I know I'll regret it, God, but I have four kids. And there's gonna be a moment in their life that God asks them to take a step of faith. There's gonna be a moment in their world where they're gonna be tempted to stay in Haran, but God's saying, Canaan is your place, Mia. Trent, this is not all, it's time for you to step out. Ella, Elise, it's now your moment, and one or two things are gonna happen. They're either gonna look back at mom and dad, and they're gonna say, I saw how faithful God was to mom and dad, I know he'll be faithful to me. Or they will have to overcome mom and dad's doubt and fear, stopping and settling. They won't just have to overcome their own their own step. They'll have to overcome the steps of what came before them. See, Abram, Abraham had to finish what his dad couldn't finish. I don't want to be someone that somebody else has to finish what I could never get to because I stopped or I settled. I wanna encourage you, don't stop, don't settle. It's more than just your destiny on the line. It's other people's behind Your obedience is somebody else's miracle. Since then, we've seen hundreds of people come to Christ. Oh, 400 people will be at church this morning buying a new building that's not supposed to happen in an expensive area that I'm growing up in, and we are just getting started. We're just getting started. Please don't stop. Please don't settle. Someone's eternity is on the other side of you moving forward. You guys stand up, I'm gonna pray for you, and I'll let you go in just a moment. Father, I come right now, and I thank you for your people, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord God, that you are a good God. Lord, I thank you that you're here with us today, and God, I'm asking that there's some that came in into there and they were thinking about stopping or settling. Stopping and selling them with with their marriage, or with their calling, or with with that ministry they're thinking about, or in that serving capacity that they want to do, or maybe they want to stop and settle and say, you know, we're good right here, and God, I pray that somehow, not what I said, but God, that you said something through me, or even our worship, whatever it may be, God, that would inspire, that would give faith, that would give hope, Lord Jesus, to get up to get up from Haran and say, we've been in Haran long enough. It's time to go to all the promises God has for us. God, I I bless your people today. I pray your favor would surround them as a shield, God. And I pray as we go forward today, Lord Jesus, we'd extend your kingdom in all we do this week, Lord. If there's anyone in here that maybe they don't even know you, Jesus. Father, I pray even right now, they would just take a moment. They'd surrender. They'd just say say under their own breath, Jesus, I, I need you. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart and take my life. Lord God, I thank you for your people again. I bless them today, and I thank you for them, Lord God. It was a blessing being back home with my church family, Lord Jesus. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you today. And everyone said loud and strong, amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? Awesome, thank you guys, we love you. Have a great week.